This is Barbara Glickstein for Health Cetera. Older people complain more about sleep than younger people who are out late and sleep late or get up and go to school late. I know because it is fairly common conversation with my female friends who are 60 plus years old. What gives with the aging sleep cycle? Is this normal? Do the elderly always sleep worse or is that a myth? Well, today we're fortunate to hear from Dr. Johnson Lee, who is an associate professor at John Hopkins University School of Nursing. She is a nurse scientist who researches um, health and well-being of older adults and how physical activity and sleep affect cognitive function, as well as other studies. I was fortunate to meet Dr. Lee um, a few months ago, and I must admit she burst my myth bubble about the fact that aging should not be related solely with not sleeping as well. So it's time for us to hear from the expert. Welcome to Health Cetera, Dr. Lee. It's wonderful to have you on our program. Hello, Barbara. I wanted to ask you first, does sleep decline with age? Is the same number of hours needed if you're over 65 as when you're 23? Yeah, so uh, sleep does change with the aging process. So when you get to an older age, you may notice compare when you sleep in your younger age, you probably like it might take you longer to fall into sleep and you may sometimes wake up early in the morning. However, I want to say in healthy older adults, the sleep change with aging, we don't see much after age of 60 in healthy older adults. That means for if you maintain a good health, you can expect your sleep pretty much the same as your age of 60. So that's why I say sleep disturbance is not a normal part of aging. Even you notice some change, but it could it should not be consistent. And there are like a, a, a lot of study, they look at sleep duration with health in older adults. So in general, the findings still suggest for older adults, seven to eight hours sleep is needed for older adults to optimize their health. What about people who their whole life never did eight hours of sleep and maybe felt like they were fine on six hours of sleep? Is that abnormal? It's not abnormal. So when you, uh, in your older adult age, and uh, uh, the sleep could be like depending on like your sleep habits in uh, middle age. Yeah. So um, from my perspective, what we see in this study is like observation of the population, but get to individual. If you like for older adults, they feel like six hour, seven hour. And uh, when they get up, they feel they refreshed and get and all the energy to do all daytime activities. And that could be fine for that older adults. But in general, on average, older adults still need seven to eight hours sleep. In reading some of your research, which you have done a lot of in this space and looking at some other articles, it seems to me that in more recent years, this research has really become more prevalent where the idea of the myth of not needing enough sleep, that elderly people should be sleeping a full cycle. And uh, so let's talk about 
the sleep cycle in general and why it's important for people to have a deep sleep, for all of us to be able to have a night where we cycle through what's known as the sleep cycle. Why is that important, Dr. Lee? So with aging, like for in general sleep cycles, we have like a non-REM sleep, REM sleep. And in non-REM sleep, we have like lighter sleep and the deeper sleep that called slow wave sleep. In general, we uh, refer slow wave sleep as the most restorative sleep. However, like there is age-related change for slow wave sleep. Like for older adults compared with younger adults, older adults may have less proportion of slow wave sleep. And slow wave sleep is very important for people's health, especially concerning with older adults' cognitive health, right? Uh, slow wave sleep associated with more uh, memory consolidation that could preserve cognitive health in aging population. When a person's experiencing slow wave sleep, is that when we say you're in a deep sleep? Is that what yes. we mean? Yes. Mm. Yes. And not the dream state. That is not necessarily when REM we're doing a lot of is, REM sleep is dreaming. Yeah, it's dreaming. So are women women at a greater risk for sleep issues than men? Well, that really depends. So there are two very common sleep disorders uh, in the older adults population. And insomnia is more prevalent in older women. And sleep apnea, sleep disorders, breathing is more common in older men. So in insomnia, it's your inability to fall asleep and stay asleep? Yeah, that's the most common sleep problem we are talking about in uh, older adults, like difficulty initiating sleep. That means people take longer, like more than 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes to get to sleep. Uh, people get up so frequent during the night and they are unable to get back to sleep. Uh, people just wake up so early, like six o'clock, in, uh, like four o'clock in the morning. And that's not the desired time for them to wake up and they are unable to get back to sleep. And a lot of older adults, they may also find they, they think they sleep like for eight hours, but after they wake up, they don't feel refreshed. They feel sleepiness, fatigue. That also could be a, a symptom of insomnia. And tell us about sleep apnea. What are the symptoms of sleep apnea? And you say that impacts men more than women? Yes, yes. So um, so there are a couple of very common risk factors for uh, sleep apnea. First of all, uh, age. Like people aged over than 50, 60, they have uh, increased risk for sleep apnea. and uh, male gender, men is like how uh, increased risk and also obesity. And what so, happens during sleep apnea to the body? What is, what is the impact on the body? So sleep apnea, that what we see 
like all the person will notice usually by their uh, bad partner, right? They hear uh, loud snoring during sleep and they sometimes see like the person just stop breathing or gossip like this. Yeah. Uh-huh. However, sleep apnea is largely underdiagnosed in older adults population because a lot of time in older adults, they may not like just show as stop breathing or large uh, snoring. It could be more subtle symptoms. Like maybe when they get up, they feel um, headache, right? Mm. They just feel sleepiness across the um, the day and they may have hypertension and they never thought about they could have sleep apnea or they don't even know what sleep apnea is. So for older adults, I feel it's really important to talk about these symptoms with their healthcare provider, their physicians, so they could have the opportunity to get screened. This is especially important for older adults, for men, (laughs) also for women, but for people with like overweight obesity, yeah. So on a personal note, um, a couple of years ago, my primary care provider asked me how I was sleeping. And I said, I'm not sleeping so great. I'm waking up tired. It was uh, a period of political uh, concerns for me during a previous administration. And uh, she insisted that I take home a sleep test that had um, I had to wear for a full night's sleep. And I was very resistant. And she knows me a long time. And she was more insistent and made me do it. And what we discovered from the computer readout from the overnight apparatus that I had to wear was I had some mild uh, sleep apnea. And I went to my dentist uh, with her prescription from my primary care, who created a mouth guard that I wear every night and I'm sleeping better. So will you talk about what that does? And now that I've shared personally that I'm someone who needed to get some help for sleep apnea. Yeah, so uh, I won't say I'm an expert for sleep apnea treatment, but like in general for obstructive sleep apnea that people have narrowed uh, narrowed airway. So all these treatment, these appliances you are talking about from uh, the dentist that kind of open up the, the airway. And uh, among like traditional and common use the CPAP treatment that use positive pressure to open up the airway. So yeah, people get enough oxygen. They won't wake like wake up frequently. Wake up due to lack of oxygen during their sleep. So, so you how mentioned do you feel the like, oh, so, oh it it has dramatically improved my sleep. <laughs> And um, I'm fortunate that it's not hard to wear. I got used to it right away. And it's reported by my sleep partner that I don't snore as much as well. So it's more pleasant for him, my spouse. And I'm my um, the, the last thing I'll say about this is that um, one of my adult children is, is becoming a psychologist. And in his training, 
they're asking patients about their sleep patterns for a number of reasons, but he has read the research as it relates to cardiac issues and was very, very um, insistent that I follow through uh, and get it. So I learned a lot about it myself, which is also why it's so important that you've joined us today, uh, Dr. Lee, as someone who this is your area of nurse research. So you, we've talked about cardiac implications related to sleep issues. Are there other health issues of concern if one isn't diagnosed with a sleep problem and or not only diagnosed, but get some help? to become a better sleeper, if you will? What, what other health issues might result from sleep, ap- sleep apnea or, or insomnia? So right now, I would say like association between sleep health and other aspects of health, mostly bidirectional. So uh, sometimes it's hard to uh, differentiate like which lead to that, right? But together, they work together. If you don't treat one condition well, that impact the other condition that create vicious circles, right? For example, these conditions like pain, that's a lot of older adults experiencing and depression and anxiety. And uh, depression and anxiety. Yeah, anxiety. Uh, Like for... uh, epidemiological study, observational study, like they found for uh, like about 40% of older adults with insomnia, they also have depression. And uh, um, and we also see, uh, as we talked about cardiovascular disease, like hypertension, heart failure, and some uh, like gastrointestinal disorders like a gastroesophageal uh, reflux disease that's pretty common in our older adults population and they cause heartburn and uh, acid reflux especially during the night when they lie down that they to discomfort and they could wake up and uh, uh, more importantly that's really I'm passionate about like uh, how sleep related with uh, Alzheimer's disease um, yeah, also like uh, Parkinson's disease. And for men, yeah, older adults, they, um, older men, they may have uh, uh, prostate enlargement that lead them to like more frequent urination at night that will interfere with their sleep. Another very, um, I think it's very important point I want got our uh, listener to pay attention is the medications they are taking. Yeah, we see like sleep disorders or insomnia, sleep apnea, they coexist with these common chronic conditions in older adults. At the same time, medications treating these conditions impact sleep. Like I said, like uh, uh, 40% of people insomnia, they have depression and they probably taking antidepressant. And um, antidepressant could lead to insomnia further and some daytime sleepness. And uh, we see the correlation with hypertension and sleep apnea, right? People may use beta blocker. That could increase like uh, insomnia symptom, cause uh, nightmare and the restless sleep. 
there are some research also show like beta blocker could suppress nighttime melatonin production. That yes. means like people may wake up early and people with heart failure, hypertension, they may use diuretics. That will cause frequent urination, right? Some people take stimulants for some conditions that will keep them like lead the difficulty falling asleep and they could wake up uh, frequently. And some so people, yeah. Sorry, Dr. Lee, are you suggesting then that um, for each individual condition and medication you've just listed, and I'm sure there are many more, yeah. that people taking medication and experiencing sleep issues, sleep problems, speak to their provider about whether it's the medication creating it, is there a time of day they should be taking it? Maybe exactly. speak, also, speak also to your pharmacist um, about it, who would also be quite knowledgeable. So those are very, very important things to consider. I wanted to talk to you about naps, because that's another area of your research. So I'm not a napper. I wake up from a nap so cranky. No one wants to be near me. I don't want to be near myself. So, but what's the deal with naps? Are they good for us? Should we do it? Should I force myself to nap? Please help me on the napping issue. Yeah, so I really acknowledge the diverse perspective about napping on healthy and older adults. Uh, I do a lot of research. I do like a, a epidemiological study, observational study, look at national representative data, uh, see how napping impacts cognitive function. Um, so I also review literature to see what other people find. So what I want to say is napping is not simply just nap. It's a very contextual thing. Like there are a lot of factors associated with the napping behavior. What time do you take a nap? How long do you take a nap? Right? How frequent you take a nap? What do you feel after you take a nap? So it's really hard to say napping is good or bad without talking about all these. And also sometimes the perceived benefit of napping, it can be culture related. Like in some culture, uh, some Asian country, they believe after like a nap, after lunch, that's a part of their healthy lifestyle. So across age, people take nap after that. They feel refreshed. Interesting. So... I'm sure he won't mind me sharing this. My husband naps every single day in his office. He has his own business. He has a sofa. And after lunch, he naps. He can nap for 10 or 15 minutes and feel completely refreshed afterwards. Um, and he told me that his grandfather, who is from Russia, taught him how to nap. And when he would spend a sleepovers or the full day with his grandfather, who he adored, he would nap with his grandfather. And I'm the opposite. I'm not a napper. No one in my family napped growing up. Um, so we'll be sure to suggest that people really think about the context of the napping. Culturally, what time of day, how long, and how often. Again, another conversation with your primary care provider.
So we have just a moment left and I'm wondering, is it useful for people um, to take melatonin or now we see a lot of CBD as sleep aids? Do you recommend um, people discuss that with their primary care provider? And is any of your research look at melatonin and sleep? I don't, my research do not focus on uh, this substance, but talk with your provider. That will be my suggestion. I know there are uh, many uh, OTC available as sleep aids, but some of them taking long term, there are side effects and could also inter- interact with uh, for older adults, like multiple medication. Uh, polypharmacy always is a concern that could impact their like other in, interact with other medication they are taking. Dr. Junsin Lee is an associate professor at John Hopkins University School of Nursing. I'm so pleased that you were able to join me today to have this discussion. It was incredibly valuable, not just to me personally, but I know to our listeners. So thank you for joining me today, Dr. Lee. Thank you. Thank you for having me.